This is a special edition of the MDM podcast, specifically for MLB playoffs and recent updates just just today. And uh, so I'm Joe Morales. Before we go any further, I'm Joe Morales going solo today. And um, so I've had this episode planned for um, a little over a week now, maybe just about a week. And I plan to come in here on Thursday and recording this. I'm sure it's dropping today. I came in Thursday knowing what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the wild card games and the upcoming um, division series games for both leagues. I have all that down. But it's a good thing I chose to record this at around 3 o'clock because if I would have did it any earlier than 11 o'clock, it would have been way more boring and way quicker. Because just today... We had Mickey Calloway fired from the Mets, along with uh, Jim Ringelman. We had um, we had Brody Van Wagen and talk a little bit about Edwin Diaz and Noah Syndergaard's future. So there's a lot going on today, and um, I guess we'll start with the Walker games because I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess start with the Walker games because um, that's what happened recently, and we'll get the, we'll get to the Mets at the end because again, it's about the playoffs, and we'll f- sprinkle a little bit of news as we go on. So. We'll start with the National League Wildcard game, which happened on Tuesday night, where the Nationals defeated the Brewers 4-3, to and a lot went on in this game. I think it was way more entertaining, at least, than the American League Wildcard game. So you had Max Scherzer start, and um, he wasn't great. He wasn't he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. He gave up three runs, specifically to Yasmani Grandal with um, two home runs. And uh, he, was, he was the Brewers' offense. And... Um, Brewers relief pitching also carried them along with Grandal. But the real exciting stuff didn't really happen until the end of the game when Josh Hader came in. And I think he came in with no, no. He started the eighth inning, and the plan was to have Hader go two innings in relief. Because remember, Brent Suter pitched, um, he pitched two innings, and then Drew Pomeranz pitched one, and Brent would have started. So. Hader was going to go two innings, and uh, he didn't get the two innings because he loaded up the bases, and then Juan Soto came up, and this is where all hell broke loose if you're a Brewers fan or you're on the Brewers. So Juan Soto comes up and rips the ball to right field. The right fielder, Trent Grissom, goes in for an attempt to field it on an odd angle. Like, you're watching the game, he, he came in from like, like from the foul pole, like on that kind of angle, trying to field the ball, and I guess the the, the throw was kind of gonna. I guess it was gonna um try and get Rendon at third because he was obviously trying because the game was tied. There was nothing you could do about it. But I guess the attempt was to get Rendon over at third. But before Grissom can pick up the ball, he tries to throw it before he even has it. If you go back and look, he's preparing for the throw before he even has the ball, and. You have to have the ball before you throw it. And you just hate to to pin the game on the youngster. And it really wouldn't. Most of it wasn't his fault. Josh Hader looked 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 awful. Let's, let's, not, let's not forget that. Josh Hader looked awful. But because of that, it made Grisham look like he was he was the problem in this game. Which he wasn't. It's one bad mistake at the wrong time. And then, of course, what what a great job Daniel Hudson's done to come into the Nationals. He's a new closer now because Doodle really struggled this year. But he came in the ninth inning. I think he let a guy on, but still got the job done. 
And um, again, the Nationals won four to three. They're going to go to Corbin in game one against the Dodgers. We're going to get to that right after we talk about the Isle of Wildcard game, which happened Wednesday, which was yesterday at the time of recording this. So the Rays beat the I mean, yeah, the Rays beat the A's five to one. And the story of this game was Yanny Diaz coming out of the gate with a home run. And if you remember, this guy just came off the, the DL or IL on Sunday. He came off Sunday, and there were questions of whether he was going to be ready to play, if he was going to be rusty, because he hadn't started a game since, I think it was mid-July. So there were questions of whether he was ready to play in the playoffs. And the only guy with 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 like legitimate playoff experience was Charlie Morton. And then, of course, Travis Darnot back with the Mets in 2015 and 16. But it's amazing that you have a guy that was released by two organizations that is hitting cleanup for an, for in a wild card game. That just goes to show you that anything can happen in this game. That's what's awesome about it. A couple of the other stories were Sean Manaya looking looking really, really bad. And... It's just been an awful couple years for him. He's He's been a great regular season pitcher. Of course, he's been dealing with the injuries, but this doesn't help him either. And this is going to go down on Bob Melvin's resume and whether it was the right idea to start him after only five starts in September. Would I, would I have done it? It's a question to be asked. I'm sure Bob Melvin, if he had to go, if, um, if he had to go back in time, would probably not. And on the other side, it was Charlie Morton, who, 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 who I'd, I'd compare him to how Scherzer did in his wildcard game without, you know, without the three runs. He was a little shaky. He got the job done. I think he pitched five or six innings. And he was able to hand over the bullpen. And the Rays bullpen, as you will get to in the first ALDS um, comparison I did, the Rays bullpen's not that bad. And now that they're going up against the Astros, I put the Rays bullpen ahead of the Astros. I have it right down here. We'll get to that as we move on. But um, just a couple more things from this game. Yandy, um, no, we talked about Yandy. Avisio Garcia, who was kind of an under-the-radar pickup. He has the playoff experience with the Tigers back in the World Series against the Giants. Uh, he had a couple good years in Chicago. And... Coming into the spring, he was supposed to be that platoon guy with Austin Meadows in right field because Garcia mainly could not hit right-handed pitching. And now he is a must-play in every playoff game because he has the – he's this was, this was a 320 hitter a couple of years ago. And all of that, he has some pop now too. And it's tough because you can't sit Austin Meadows either. Austin Meadows has been, has been a, 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 a star this year. So that's, that's a good problem to have when you have too many guys who can hit and field in the outfield. And then, like I said with the bullpen, Emilio Pagan, who, got, who friendly enough, came from Oakland, which I found, I, I chuckled when I found out that he came from Oakland, got the save, and uh, again, the Rays win 5-1. Um, to one. So that's for the playoff games. And may I add that I got, two of the, I got both games right. And I'm, I'm not lying to you. I actually did. I had Washington and then uh, Tampa Bay. We'll get to my bracket after every uh, series. Well, um, I'll just say what I'm what I have. But uh, that's it for the Wahoo games. And we're gonna we're, since we're already eight minutes in, let's move on to the National League um, 
division series. And then we got to the American League. NLDS number one, Nats versus Dodgers. Again, these are best of five series. The seven-game series starting a couple um, in the next series. So, Walker Bueller and Patrick Corbin will go for game one. After that, well, we'll have to see. <laughs> this is nothing's been announced yet, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you if you see Scherzer in Game Two. But um, as for the Dodgers, going with the with the, with the youngster um, Walker Bueller in his first year, uh, I was a little surprised. I gotta tell you, I I didn't like uh, how Ryu finished the year, especially from uh, in August. He's looked good in September, but in August he was a little shaky. Definitely a Cy Young candidate. I don't know if he'll get it to the ground. But he definitely did look good. Now I don't know if you wanted to. I don't know if you wanted to go with him game one, and then we all know how bad Kershaw's been in the postseason. But I figured you'd see at least one lefty in game one. That way you can do a little left get lefty game one, squeeze Bueller in the middle of him with a he's righty, and then the other lefty at the end. And then you also have Rich Hill who'll probably start game four, and then in these short series is back to the number one guy, which will be Walker Bueller. And I'm not t- don't take anything away from Walker Bueller and what he's done this year. He's been their second best pitcher. If 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 Hinjin Ryu wasn't on the team, Walker Bueller would easily be the best pitcher. He'd be the, easily the best pitcher on almost any team, except maybe uh, the, uh, the Houston Astros, who um have a little uh, have pitching uh have starting pitching too. So um. What I want to do now with um, we're gonna do with every series. We're gonna go over position by position who has the advantage, and um, I got this idea from MLB.com. They had an article on the um, on the Braves uh, um, uh, Cardinal series, but I just did it with every series because it sounds fun, and I'm sure it'll spark up some controversy because of my bad opinions. But let's try it. So the rotation I have the Washington Nationals, and that's a that's a to me that's um. It's a weird one because both rotations are really, really, really good. The only reason I give the Nationals a little bit of leeway and why they have better starting pitching is I had to go to the fourth starter. I like Anibal Sanchez better than Rich Hill. Just because the Dodgers are too left-handed, I gave it to the Nationals. Onto the bullpen, easy Dodgers. Nationals are awful bullpen. We saw Scherzer in the Walker game. Don't need an explanation. Catcher. This is another tough one because on one side you have two veteran catchers, Kurt Suzuki being the main one. And on the other side you have Will Smith, the rookie, who's been pretty good too. Now I gave the advantage to the Dodgers because in less amount of time, Will Smith has had better offensive sets. And I can't speak to the defense. I don't know a lot about the defense. But just for offense, I'm giving it the advantage to Will Smith. First base, I'm choosing the Nats. Um, the Dodgers really don't have a first baseman. They're more of a platoon with uh, David Freeze and Jacques Peterson. But uh, Howie Kendrick's a 340 hitter. And uh, I think we under- underestimate what he can do. So that's why I gave it to the Nats. Second base, Max Muncy over um, Estrubal Cabrera. That's an easy one. And Max Muncy had 35 home runs, 100 RBIs. There should be no debate over that. Third base, to give to the Nats. MVP, Anthony Rendon. Draw it in. That's what I'm picking for MVP, Anthony Rendon. Uh, shortstop, this was another tough one, too. I had, I picked Trey Turner over Corey Seager, and here's why. I like Trey Turner offensive, offensively a little bit. But 
The defense, too, I totally give to Turner. I think Turner is an underrated shortstop with an unprecedented amount of speed that people don't give him credit for. And finally, outfield, I um, obviously chose the Dodgers. Bellinger, Pollock, and, uh, and, and, um, and against the Nationals, there's no chance. It's just Soto in there that, that can give him a shot. NLDS series number two, Cardinals-Braves. Uh, so the Cardinals are going to line up McCullis, Flaherty, uh, Wainwright, which we'll get into in a second. And then the Braves are going Keichel, Fulte, and um, Soroka as I get a drink. And um, if I can be quite honest with you, I was a bit surprised that we didn't see Jack Flaherty in game one just because he had a sub-1 ERA in the second half of the season, which is Cy Young-like. Sub-1 ERA in the entire half of the season. And I was surprised by that. I'm going to be honest with you. And for the Braves, I like the idea of um, of Keuchel, the veteran in the rotation, being game one. What I was surprised about was having Mike Fulton average in the second slot. I thought that would for sure be Mike Soroka. And what you're doing here is that if there is a game five, you're going to Fulton over Soroka. Now, you can put it whatever way you want. I don't like it at all. Fulton Evans, he, he was sent down to triple A all this year because he was so bad. Mike Soroka is, is quite possibly the um, runner-up runner up rookie of the year. Of course, you're not beating Pete Alonso. But some people put him in for a Cy Young race, which like, you can debate some other time. But if he's, if he's a Cy Young candidate, why is he a third starter? And why are Keiko and Fulton Evans not being mentioned then? Listen, I'm sure there's some uh, strategic strategy that I'm not aware of or some analytic. I can't say I'm into that. But off the top of my head, I, can't, I don't have a reason. So let's move over to the ALDS. The first series got Astros-Rays. Uh, the Rays are going to line up Glasnow, Snell, and Morton. And then the Astros are going to say uh, the Rays are going to line up uh, Glasnow, Snell, and Morton. And the, and the Astros are going to go Verlander, Cole, and Granky. Imagine having Verlander, Cole, and Granky on one pitching staff. That's going to go down as one of the greatest one, two, three combos ever, especially in a season. And for Garrett Cole, this is his time to shine. This is his job interview. I don't know if he wants to return next year at the Astros. I don't know if he likes being the number two guy behind Verlander. But if you want to get paid, which he will be, if you want to show that you could be a good postseason pitcher, Show up. You have game two and game five if necessary. Show up. As for the Rays, I mean Sn- Snell and um Snell in game two over Morton is just shows you how much they don't trust Snell this year. And why would you? He's had an awful year in the rotation. And Glass now missed almost the entire year. Still unbelievable, but imagine a guy only getting ten or so starts being your uh, first-game starter over Blake Snell, who was a Cy Young winner last year. As as for positions, starting pitching is the Astros. That shouldn't even be a question. Oh, the Rays do put up a fight, but nothing's going to beat to the Astros. Bullpen I gave Tampa Bay. Um, they did have so many, uh, so many weapons in there, lefty and righty. I think they can compete with the Astros in that way. Catcher, I will give to uh, Tampa. Uh, Darno has been much better than the Maldonado and um, who was the other guy? 
I forget who it was, but uh, either way, Darno is way better. And then um, the rest of the way, I go in Astros. First, second, third, short, and outfield. Uh, shouldn't even be explained. The Astros are a way better team here. And then finally, the ALDS I, oh, it is the Yankees and Twins. The Twins have only announced game one, which is Berrios. Surprising over order originally, but Berrios is their future. And they want to see what he's like at the postseason. Paxton, starting game one. I was a big proponent of Tanaka starting game one and Paxton game two. But whatever way you spin it, I'm sure it's not bad. But I didn't trust Paxton because of his limited postseason experience, which he has none of. And Tanaka, in five starts, has a 1-2 ERA. I thought that was a given that Tanaka would start over Paxton. And then, of course, you have Sevi, who probably shouldn't even be in the rotation because of uh, Domingo Herman. But Domingo Herman got in his own way, and now Sevi has to step up. And if Sevi, Sevi can get going and kind of this have, have it be like a trial run for next year's postseason when he's fully healthy, he's easily the game one starter next year if he does good here. And then as for um, positions for a team to team, I get the Twins starting pitching edge. Just overall in the year, Oda Rizzi and Berrios have been a great one-two combo. The Yankees haven't had that besides Paxton and then Herman earlier in the year. The Yankees bullpen, easily not even a question. Yankees catcher, not a question. Uh, first base was a tough one. Okay, I like CJ Chrome, and you know with all the all the injuries to the Yankees first baseman with um Voit struggling and Encarnacion and Ford. I gave it to the Yankees, not because I'm biased, but because Encarnacion is the veteran, he's experienced, he's played in the postseason, and he's been consistent throughout the year. CJ Crone struggled a little bit throughout the entire year, up and down. That's why I chose Encarnacion. Uh, second, LeMahieu, uh, easy. Third, I took the Yankees. Urshela over Sano. Uh, you go ahead and fire me for that. Shortstop, I took the Twins. Diego Gores has done nothing since coming back. Jorge Polanco is an all-star. I rest my case. Outfield, this is another tough one. Because you have the struggling judge who really hasn't been himself all year. You have no Aaron Hicks in center field. And Jean-Claude Stanton is just getting back. On the opposing side, you have Eddie Rosario and Max Kepler. And for stats this year, of course you choose the Twins. For potential, you choose the Yankees. I'm not giving an answer because I don't know. I don't know what Judge and Stanton are going to be like in the postseason. I know what Rosario and Kepler were like during the regular season. Therefore, there's no answer. So, we'll wrap it up. Um, we have, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up with um, going over my bracket. So, like I said earlier, I had Tampa Bay over Oakland. I like Tampa as a road team, and I'm not, I'm not disrespecting the Coliseum and their fans, but I like the Rays as a road team. If we're in Tampa, I would have chosen the A's. If we're in Tampa, I think they finished with the same record. So, if the Rays won the game, it would have been in Tampa. I would have chosen Oakland because the Rays are just a bad home team. As for the Nationals, I chose them because they were the better team. And we look at the pitching depth of the Brewers and even the offense that's to some degree. They're not built for a postseason run. Especially with the loss to Yellowish, they didn't look like a postseason team. That's why I chose Washington. So in the American League, ALDS won Astros Rays. 
I think I'm going to raise some eyebrows with this. I have the Rays in five. No particular reason. I think the Rays are, are the sleeper in the in this in the playoffs over Minnesota. I think they're sleepers. So I got Tampa Bay and uh, Tampa Bay in five. Yankees, Twins. Um, I I thought a second on this because I don't think we should underestimate the Minnesota Twins and what they've done this year. They won a hundred games. They finished two games worse than the Yankees. I still have the Yankees in four though. I don't think that. I mean. The offenses are, are very, very similar, as are the rotations. But I think the Yankees' bullpen edge will, will, get, will get it done in four games. Um, in the National League, um, I chose the Dodgers over the Nats in three games. The Dodgers are a way better team, like I said earlier. Uh, I think it'll be an easy series. Dodgers will return. And then in the... Um, in the second AL, uh, NLDS, I have a five-game series here between Atlanta and St. Louis, and I have the Braves coming out on top. I think the Braves are an easy, are the, the way better team, easy. But I'm also not disrespecting the St. Louis. I like what they've done here with the bullpen and bringing in Goldie and the re the reemergence of Dexter Fowler. I'm not taking anything away. I like St. Louis. If they were playing the Dodgers, maybe. If they're playing Washington, yes. But I like the Braves here. I'm not going to give um, any more of my bracket. We'll save that for um, the ALCS um, and the NLCS. We'll get into that later. And then we're going to close with Mickey Calloway being fired. And I didn't get prepped on this because it happened about three hours ago. And I was not home, so I didn't know what happened. And um, so closer. Um, I think it was the right move. Brody Van Wagen didn't bring this guy in. This was all the previous administration's hire. So I think it's the right thing for Brody Van Wagen to come in here, say, listen, this is my team now. I'm putting my own staple on it. Maybe I want an experienced manager. So far, it looks like the um, the front runner for the job is Carlos Beltran, which I'm not opposed to. We also have Joe Girardi on the market, Joe Madden. The list, the list of managers this, uh, this offseason is really, really good. And any one of them you'd be fine with. I think the Mets would be um would be uh, happy with, especially the Met fans who've been pleading for a good manager in forever. Especially over the past two years, how bad Mickey Calloway has been. So that's where I'll leave it. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm gonna go watch the game now because it's five o'clock. Um, I'm Joe Morales, Slam the M Podcast. And we're out.